0: Welcome to the Hassle-Free RE Podcast, a real estate podcast where we bring you stories, education, and tips for investors and real estate enthusiasts. If you're interested in investing in real estate or just want to keep a pulse on what's happening in the market, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. If you enjoy our show, please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Hello, and welcome to the Hassle-Free RE Podcast. I am your host, Dave Menapace, and I am joined here uh, by a fellow host and hospitable host and a bunch of other cool things, uh, a fellow named Kale Delaney. So a little intro on Kale. Kale, uh, he self-titles himself as an Accidental Intentional Millionaire. Uh, he's a a Christian, a real estate investor, entrepreneur, husband, father of three, and he's also an author after graduating cum laude with an engineering degree. From the University of Miami, he began his real estate career in 2006, working as a commercial real estate investor investment broker in Miami, Florida, where he's awarded the pace setter award in his first year for most number of listings and sold over seven million dollars in multifamily retail and retail real estate. However, with the crash of 08, he left that business and put the real estate and put real estate on hold until 2020, when he decided to go all in to start building gener- generational wealth for his family. And since then, his investment portfolio has skyrocketed. It's gone from 300 K in January of 2020, and which was previously his primary home turned into a long-term rental to now over $6 million in less than two years. In those two years, he acquired a total of 13 units, including five long-term rentals, eight short-term rentals, seven of which are luxury log cabins in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. Due to that rapid success, he's been featured on one of my favorite podcasts, The Bigger Pockets Real Estate Rookie Podcast. Kale self-manages all of his properties remotely. And as of December of 2022, he was able to retire himself out of his W-2 job to focus on his real estate ventures. So that is where we are going to pause. I'm going to (laughs) formally introduce Kale to the show. Kale Delaney, welcome to the show. Why don't you uh, give us a a little bit more background and we'll start at the beginning uh, back in 2006.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having me here. And uh from a fellow hospitable host. And uh <laughs> yeah, man. So it's been it's been one of those uh kind of zigzag journeys, uh, you know, to get where I am. I bet. <laughs> um you know, like you like you mentioned, I, I went to school for engineering and while I was in school, I I enjoyed the academic portion of it. I enjoyed learning about engineering, you know, but through internships doing it. I just did not enjoy the actual experience of working in it. So right. it was very quickly that I decided, okay, this is not what I want to do. I need to find something else. I started looking into real estate at that time, simply because I was young and I wanted to make money. And it seemed like that was what was hot and that's how people made money. And so I <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the truth of it, you know, and, uh, so I connected with a, a large commercial real estate brokerage firm down in Miami. That's a nationwide firm. But um, and I started selling multifamily in a, an exclusive neighborhood in, in South, uh, South Florida and uh, some retail properties as well, it was just terrible timing. Uh, as you mentioned, right. it was 2006 to 2008. And all I heard the entire time I was there was how amazing it used to be. And uh <laughs> And it no longer was, right? Like, oh, great. yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, that's yeah. cool, guys, thanks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. and uh, and it was a lot of work, to be honest, and it just it was not my cup of tea. Um, I learned a lot, so i I, I don't regret right. the experience at all. I mean, I learned a ton. I met some great people. and uh, it was just uh, I wasn't ready, you know, I was still very young, and I wasn't ready to really pursue a future in building building generational wealth, right? So. Right. Once the market dried up, I I left that industry. I got into construction management just because it was the next logical thing uh, for me to do based on my degree that that was not actual engineering work. And I stuck with that for 15 years, uh, almost, yeah, almost Mm -hmm. 15 years. And it was a great career. It was just not a career that I had a passion for, right? And so in 2020, uh, that was kind of the revelation period uh and it really started with the the birth of my youngest son who's uh you know he's 3 years old now and when he was born it was just kind of just kind of really flipped things 180 degrees in every manner um i mean from my my schedule uh to my mindset and and everything i mean i i had to change my schedule completely to you know start waking up at the crack of dawn or i mean before the crack of dawn you know doing my, yeah. my exercise before that and, and before work and everything so that I could, I could spend time in the evenings. Um, mm-hmm. And it just really got me start to think on I cannot see myself living the same life for the next 30, 40 years. Um, yeah, especially when I started to look at peers or you know those in the same or similar careers or just, I mean, in, in a lot of the corporate world in general. At that retirement age, that is not who I wanted to be. Um, right. And so I knew something needed to change. And and I I didn't know what, I didn't know how, but something needed to change. And Mm -hmm. like happens with a lot of people, I I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I read that book and it was like a slap in the face. And yeah, it just really not so much crystallized a vision, but it just it it guided me towards a path of saying, you need to start investing for yourself, not for somebody else. And so, you know, I, I kind of just leaned back on real estate at that point from my previous experience and said, let me start looking into this again. And Mm -hmm. I dived in with the podcast books. I mean, you name it. I was, I was doing the research and, I decided that yeah, real estate is gonna be what's gonna get me where I wanna be, what's gonna be my my ticket to being able to leave the the corporate or the W-2 world. And I set what I thought was a very aggressive goal at that time. I said, you know, within five years, I'm going to build up enough, uh, you know, enough cash flow to be able to leave my my W-2. And I thought it was gonna be through long-term rentals, uh, you know, small multifamily is what I had picked. Um I'd kind of heard about short term rentals. I knew about it, but it just for whatever reason, I didn't really dive into that uh, too much. You know, it just kind of the multifamily small multifamily seemed to be something that that sounded good, and that's what i that's what I chose. So I right. picked that. I focused on it, and you know, within six months uh, more or less of actually making that decision, we closed on our first, uh, our first multifamily property, which was a four unit in a local market. And sure. it, was, uh, it was an experience, you know, we still have that property, it's a great, great performing property, but uh, it just was not, it quickly, I quickly realized multifamily or long-term was not gonna get me where I wanted to be, <laughs> even within those five years. Yeah, you know, that no. was gonna be a very aggressive thing to be able to do. And so I started looking everywhere, uh, you know, different asset classes. What's going to bring me more cash flow? How can I, how can I get out? You know, and through a lot of shiny object syndrome, I, I happened to land on the short term rentals. Um, uh, through, uh, you know, you had mentioned the Bigger Pockets Rookie Podcast. It was through that another uh, episode on that podcast that really clued me into that, even the market that I'm in, and it was just like lightning. I mean, I. I I heard this podcast about it. The next week, I drove sixteen hours out there with a, with the family packed in a minivan, checked out the market. Three weeks later, we're under contract on the first one. and then it was just rapid fire. I mean, we went from like I said one to one to seven cabins within uh, eighteen months out there. Um, so it's been a a fast journey out there, uh, a lot of learning and um, but things are things are really starting to take off and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to growing it. That's
0: awesome. And now I get to help spend the next hour unpacking all of this. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All of these awesome life things that have happened to you, um, with like a full page of notes already. So this is great. (laughs) So I'll put the pen down and, and follow back up, you know, um, not even not even real estate related, you know, like I can relate before my kids were born, I was up every day at like four fifteen. I'd get like a light workout in, then go to CrossFit at 5 30, you know, be back home by 7 a.m. And I'd go like do the grind, you know, mm-hmm. drive an hour to my office, work nine to five, get back home. Um that all got jacked up, not when I had one kid, but when the second kid <laughs> came right. all, along. And, and it was also really interesting in that, you know, I agree, like as a parent and just trying to have your own personal time, you have to get creative. Sometimes you have to work out late. Sometimes you have to work out early. Sometimes you have to give up other things or work at like whatever it is. it is. It's interesting, right. the compromises you eventually have to make. Um, but it was interesting. It's like for us after Brooke was born, our second, our second, um, child or daughter, that was really when I started feeling for the first time in my life, I was like, man, I can't be in this job where, you know, I'm taking an hour of sick time just to bring a kid to the doctor at four o'clock in the afternoon when I'm a director at a company. I'm like, this is just weird. And it really did help to allow me to start to get creative and accelerate my exit out of that, you know, out of that company, out of that situation. So I can relate to you there. And, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was was the one for us too. Um, We happened to buy a house, like buy a short-term rental before ever hearing of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But, um, the way I had heard that book and you'll probably appreciate this, the way I had heard of that book is I, um, back in 2019, after we bought our first short-term rental, my wife and I were kind of thinking like, God, it'd be fun to start a business. What do we want to do? Like kind of thing. And I was listening to this guy named Chris Cooper. He owns a business called two brain radio and he helps CrossFit gyms become profitable. And a lot of his just stuff in life, he pretty much took everything he learned from Rich Dad, Poor Dad and applied it to a very niche business. <laughs> and he kept mentioning, like mentioning Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that was how I ended up first hearing it. But it's definitely like for any of the listeners, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is like the best business and best mindset book I've ever read and and now I, i've I've read it like six times right. <laughs> It's like every January, I kind of turn it on, go on a few runs, and listen to it. But um, it's fascinating. What I'd love to yeah i'm just i'm I'm realizing a lot of parallels with your story and mine. You're further along in your investment career, but you know we've we did like the long distance bur single right. family and multifamily, and realized that you know getting two to 500 bucks a month per unit wasn't really going to cut it. Right. <laughs> and it yeah. was a lot of headache. Right. <laughs> it yeah. was a lot of headache. Um, So obviously your five-year timeline was accelerated at like at some point along the journey. I'd love for you what episode was it that you listened to that made it so you kind of learned about the smoky mountains and made you consider short-term rentals? What episode on, on the bigger pockets podcast was that?
1: Uh, I don't know exactly what number it was, but it was actually, I believe it was, you know, Tony Robinson, the current co-host, you know, his, I believe it was his first, his first podcast, um, nice as the host. And, uh, so he was talking about his, his properties, his experiences there. And, And uh, going through the numbers and everything. And yeah, it just, it all sounded great. It sounded too good to be true, honestly. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, it is true. (laughs) (laughs) Now, is that where
0: sort of the shiny object syndrome came from that you were talking about? Was it sort of just like looking at cool houses on Zillow or what? Maybe dive into that a little bit.
1: No, it was, uh, it was kind of, it was in that period between when I had closed on that first multi small multifamily and, uh, hearing, uh, that podcast about short-term rental. So I was looking into, I mean, I started looking into, you know, larger multifamily, um, self storage. Uh, I got really, really interested in, uh, residential assisted living. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, even went out to a, a big conference, uh, out in Phoenix with, um, you know, uh, Gene garino who's he's passed away, but his family still runs the RAL Academy. Um, mm-hmm. really, really liked that idea. It was again, at that time, I, it would just, wasn't the right time for me for that, that type of asset class. I think it was very business intensive and I wasn't ready for that, I think. Um, and so, you know, then I heard about the short-term rentals, and again, it just the cash flow sounded great. The mix of the business and the real estate sounded great, so it was just kind of the right the right fit for me. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so once I heard about it, it just uh, like I said, all the boxes just kind of checked, and I said, "Let's let's let's go, <laughs> let's let's make awesome. this happen." Awesome. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, let's let's like kind of dig into that now. So. So you found your first, you got it under contract. It's a 16 hour drive away from where you live. Mm-hmm. I would love, you know, a lot of the our listeners are either thinking about buying their first or they've bought one and they're really now they've done it for a bit. They really want to kind of get their second and really start to make some moves in the industry. We can capture all of that in this conversation because you've <laughs> you've been there and been through it what was it like? Like, I would just love for you to kind of expand on your experience from buying, furnishing, launching, and then operating just that first one. Like, let's kind of, let's kind of talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't necessarily recommend anybody go as fast as I did. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily deter anybody either. I mean, it's, it's, it was definitely learning on the fly. Right. Um, now, thankfully, I, I will say that that first, well, I, I got hooked up with uh, you know an excellent uh, realtor team, which uh, I'm sure you know them, Avery Carl and her team. You know, a yeah. hospitable host. Uh, you know, that, right. was kinda, that was just kind of that was just kind of serendipitous that that I had found them. I <laughs> it was actually on that yeah. drive up there. I was I was just searching through the Bigger Pockets forum, and I had no honestly, I had no clue who she was. I just saw her name on the forum and I, I called her and said, Hey, I'm on my way out to the Smokies. Can I meet up and <laughs> take a look at some properties?
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> but I got hooked up with her team uh, and they're excellent. You know, they, they, her and her husband, especially, uh, you know, they train, they basically give you all the basics that you need to know to get started. And that was a humongous, right. humongous help. Uh, and then from there you know getting connected um with their Facebook community as well as others of short-term rental investors I, I leverage those Facebook communities to the hill um you know right. I'm pretty active myself and and I certainly use them as a resource for myself as well um mm-hmm. so that first one uh you know we had closed the end of January 2021 uh and it was a pretty sizable property it was a, a it was actually a four bedroom cabin that we converted right away into a a six bedroom uh, with a theater room. Um, So we did a minor, minor renovation on it. Um, Had a Mm -hmm. big, big two car garage that we converted into the additional bedrooms and theater room and and all that. Yeah. And um, you know, we, my, my strategy was I was trying to spend, frankly, I was trying to spend as little money and getting it up and running as possible. So it was, quote unquote, turnkey, you know, it, it, the furnishings, you know, we've been upgrading over time, but it was good enough to, to go with as it was, you know, we upgraded all the mm-hmm. electronics, you know, That's put in the nice big TVs and, you know, we did that minor renovation and and that type of stuff, but we tried to leave as much of the rest of it alone as we could um, just from a financial perspective. Right. And did you do you do a 10% or 20% <clears throat> down? Uh, yeah, one? I did a, I did a 10% uh, second yep. home loan on that one. Uh, which is a great tool for any any new investor or, or seasoned investor in a new market. Frankly, um, yeah, you know if you can utilize that, those are great. Uh, so yeah, we used a 10 percent down loan and closed the end of January, which is slow season uh, in the Smokies. So you know, launching in slow season is always a, a bit of a challenge as well. Um, and it's kind of funny. I remember when we were closing, <clears throat> there were a few bookings that were. You know, from the previous seller uh, who used a management company um, that they had offered for us to take. And they were at what I thought were pretty good rates. Um, Like one was even like a Christmas booking for that, that following. I mean, almost a year later. Yeah. And I remember it was at like $800 a night. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's insane. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, but everybody was telling me, don't take them. Don't take them. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it was, it was. Uh, thankfully I listened. I, I I didn't take any of the new bookings and, and just, you know, as a case study. I mean, that same Christmas uh, I booked for, uh, I think it was between like 15 and 1700 a night. Whoa. So doubled the nightly rate. Right. So that's one of the one of the big keys uh, or tips, I think, for new STR hosts is don't undervalue yourself, Um, because I know for me, especially like when I launched that and thinking of the nightly rate that I needed to get for my my projections, I was like, man, like, that's expensive. Like, I wouldn't pay that, you know. I I still wouldn't pay. I still wouldn't. (laughs) I I wouldn't stay at any of my properties for the price. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm right there with you. (laughs) Yeah. But, and and so I was, I had that kind of mental hurdle as well. But I was like, just trust, trust what people are telling you, trust what the data is telling you. And, and so, you know, there's definitely some rookie underpricing in the beginning and especially in slow season. But, you know, pretty quickly I started learning uh, and really got, you know, got things ramped up and, and things performed really, really well that first year. Um,
0: what were yes. some of your biggest challenges just running it and and what was your some of your challenges of operating for the first time?
1: Yeah, just not not having the full suite of vendors and contacts that you can rely on, right. Um, I mean, that is a humongous, humongous uh, resource you know, when you can tap into, and this is why again, I mentioned like even like the Facebook groups or or you know local groups if you're investing locally, or whatever get in touch with other investors out there and find out who to use and who not to use. I mean, that, that's tremendous. Right. Um, so that was a big challenge. Uh, and I can just think of one example that we had one of our first bookings, it was 16 people, which is the max capacity at, our, at that cabin. They had just come in. It was like 8 p.m. at night and, or 8 p.m. And uh, I got a message that, hey, there's no, or there's water backing up from the, the floor drains downstairs. I was like, oh geez. So I'm scrambling on Google, you know, Google Maps, trying to find a plumber, you know, that's open, find somebody, call them, they go out and say, Oh, yeah, it was just a clog. We fixed it, you know, like, okay, great. You know, so 10 o'clock, 1030. I, I think it's solved. Like, I'm exhausted, because I'm usually in bed at like nine, nine o'clock, you know, and uh, so I'm like, let me just check my phone before I go to bed, make sure everything's everything's good. Lo and behold, there's a message there. It's backing up again. Oh, my gosh. Called the plumber. He's like, "Well, it's not my problem. It's got to be a septic issue." And I was like, "All right, great." You know, couldn't get a hold of a septic company that could be there, you know, for days. So I had to. Right. I barely slept that night. I was so stressed out, and yeah, I had to, I had to tell the guests, "Sorry, please don't use the toilets. Please don't use the showers." Like.
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, what do you do, right? Yeah, yeah, I was like,
1: in the morning, let me try again. And uh, long story short, I had to relocate them, you know, to another property. I lost thousands of dollars. And it turns out it was just a clog and that plumber that I had called just did not Ooh. do their job. Um, out That's of that, hard. out of that bad experience, I found an excellent vendor who's like, does HVAC, electric, plumbing, septic, everything. Who right. The best company in this area uh, who I use for almost everything. So yeah, a terrible experience. It cost me a lot of money, but a great learning experience. And now I have an excellent vendor who's probably saved me well more than than what you right. lost in that whole experience, right. you know. Um, so that's that's a long way of telling you what what some of the operational challenges are. Um, but yeah, finding your finding your good vendors, your boots on the ground, your cleaner, your handyman, those are really key. Like once you right. have that, the rest of it is is really not nearly as bad, you know.
0: And it's important. Uh, I'm stealing a line from. Our friend Jeff Hampton. It's important to do that stuff during peacetime, not in the middle <laughs> of the night during wartime. <laughs> That's exactly true. That's exactly true. <laughs> Everything's a lot cheaper if they have your phone number and <laughs> your name saved in the phone before you call them for the, you right. know, with an issue. So uh yeah, a yeah, little little pro tip there. So you yeah. bought your first one and what let's kind of talk through a little bit about when you started gearing up to buy your second. And I think a lot of listeners would also love to learn just kind of like, as you go through it, you know, how you kind of put together some of the financing for the others too. So, um, what made you want to get a second one? We'll just start there.
1: Uh, what made me want to get a second one was I had already committed, um, when I said short-term rentals was going to be it, uh, That was, that was it until, until it proved me wrong, that was going to be the method. So, you know, buying that first one and just seeing, even in the short period between that one and getting the next ones, you know, just seeing the vision start to come alive and that this actually does work just Mm -hmm. gave me the confidence to say, okay, let's, we're going to keep plowing forward here. Um, And then as far as structuring and, and financing and things of that nature you know, I think this is a very important thing in that, you know, it, it, you can kind of hear my story and it, it does move very rapidly. Like I moved very, very rapidly once I got started. Um, but that was just not like an overnight thing that was, that started years and years and years ago. I mean, my, just the way that I live, the way that I, my mind works is I, I'm a very frugal person, sometimes to a fault, uh, mm-hmm. you know, especially in my personal life. And, uh, However, I'm very financially responsible. So, you know, through all this time of working those 15 years in the corporate world, I I lived a very modest life. I saved, I did some, you know, investing, quote unquote, in the stock market. I, I probably lost more sure. than I made, you know, but- in <laughs> uh, there
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was just, I was always very diligent about my finances. Um, and so- I had built up a very solid foundation over those many years. And so when it came time that I decided to go all in on the real estate and and building this into something, that's how I was able to really pull that trigger rapid fire. Um, so, you know, I, I tell people that and I want people to understand that because not just my story, but a lot of stories, especially on social media and all that stuff you can see, it's just, yeah, you know, in 18 months, two years, whatever, you know, I went from zero to 10 million it sounds easy, right? But it, it takes a lot of work before that, like, there's a lot right. of behind the scenes that, that go into being able to get to those places. So it's not right. all, you know, glitz and glamour and, and and that type of stuff. So I think right. people need to understand that. Um, and so, you know, we'd gotten that first one, like I said, I was already all in, I was invested in it. And it was a, a little bit of I I hate using the word luck just because, you know, it's, I I don't really believe in luck itself, but, you know, I I think it's, it's, what was it? Somebody, I I think it's probably a famous quote. I don't know who said it, but, you know, luck is the meeting of opportunity and preparation or something like that. Okay. Right. Um, Right. And so, you know, I talked about how I was prepared and the opportunity came along in that the family of the seller of that first cabin owned the two next door cabins. And oh, wow. we had found out that they were looking to sell as well. So we were able to negotiate off market once we closed on that first one and, and get those, those two neighboring cabins, uh, you know, right away locked up and, and, uh, and closed on. So, you know, it oh, worked out really cool. cool. It was, yeah, this first deal turned into a package, you know, of kind of this like three cabin compound on five acres. Uh, yeah, that, that worked out really, really, really well. Have you um, ever
0: had any guests book all three together at the same time?
1: We have not. There's, there's been, and I haven't really promoted it too much either. Sure. Um, you know, there's been some people that you know inquire of, hey, you know, I need this for an event or that or something like that, and we've thrown we thrown it out there. Uh, but we haven't actually had any biters on on taking down the whole the whole thing. Um, we did have somebody uh, have a wedding uh, at the at the property. Uh um but uh yeah beyond that we haven't actually had somebody book all all three that is something we need to start promoting more though because i I think it would be a a cool thing that'd be one big payday (laughs) right yeah exactly
0: yeah and i'm sure your cleaners would love you cleaning up after all. (laughs) (laughs) right yeah um okay so in january you bought one slash three almost you kind of you got <laughs> these much. all together did they all launch pretty much around the same time
1: no so again the first one launched the end of january beginning of february the next two <clears throat> we closed on together and they launched um, i want to say that was i think it was march or april it was probably mm-hmm. april that they actually launched uh, that same year, so yeah, it was a couple months because it was basically we closed on that first one, spent a couple weeks negotiating, uh, and then went under contract, and then it was another, I think, probably sixty days uh, or so that we nice. closed on those those next two. Yeah. Um, and uh, in that same time frame, we had decided to convert one of the long term rentals that was in that fourplex uh, into a short term rental. Uh, so yeah, so really it was, yeah, again, we went fast. It was within January, January to April. We, yeah, we, we bought three cabins and converted one long-term rental into a short term. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh man. I love it. It's really, it's really, really interesting. You know, a lot of times, you know, my, my perspective on your journey is that overall you were able to handle it pretty well because otherwise you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't be doing it anymore. Like if it right. drove you nuts and you didn't enjoy it, you wouldn't still be doing it right. a ton of times. And, and so I help people buy real estate up here in like Massachusetts, Cape Cod area. Um, I'm a realtor as well. And it's not uncommon for me to come across clients who are like, They almost view the operations of a short term rental as if it's a long term rental, both in like expecting income as if it's like their right to get a certain amount of money (laughs) and not realizing it it takes some work to get that. And then that like guests do reach out with issues that you do have to resolve in a timely manner. And so I always tell people like, get one, manage it for a year or two, then take a swing at your second. You're obviously. An anomaly to that. Cause you know, you seem to do just fine taking a crack at three slash four of them. Right. So all of that's happening in 2021. And then as you get into Q3 of 2021, you're actually featured on uh, the bigger pockets rookie podcast, which I mean, at this point has to be one of the top podcasts in the world for real estate. I would think um, I know that that podcast was super inspirational for me And yeah, I mean, back then I had heard your story on the podcast before I ever knew that, you know, we would cross paths, which is also pretty neat. Why don't you share a little bit about just that experience, how you got on the show? um, And just maybe kind of like what your experience was getting to chat with Tony and Ashley on that show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And actually, if I, if you don't mind, if I, yeah. Step it back even just a, yeah. a second. Um absolutely. Just because I think it's an important, an important note is that uh so in between that time from uh like that, that spring, you know, March, April uh of 2021 until when I recorded the rookie podcast uh with Bigger Pockets, which was towards the end of the summer or so, I think it was probably August. Uh, you know, it was, it was, yeah, August. Cause I remember I had just closed on another cabin. So it was, it was right after that. So it was August. We had another, uh, little, little thing happen that, you know, could have derailed and probably should have derailed everything. Um, and, you know, people will be able to read about it a little bit more in the the upcoming hospitable host book, but you know, and it was not something I started sharing until recently, but I, I think it's important because it, when you get your mind set on something, you know, if you don't have a strong why, there's going to be plenty of reasons to give up. Right. And uh, so we had a, a real bad situation come around in that, um, you know, my wife had gone to uh, to Ecuador, which is where she's from. Um, she had a planned trip there for a couple of weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. This is right as we were finishing converting that long term into a short term. So when she left, I was still going over there at night and finishing the setup, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. And uh so she went there. Uh you know, I mentioned the we have our youngest who's three, but we also have two other kids who are, are nine and eleven. Mm-hmm. And um so she had gone there and through a course of events, uh something that happened and she ended up having to to have a surgery there. And it was uh really a nightmare. Um things went very wrong. Um oh. And she ended up having to have another surgery there. And, and very long story short, she was stuck in, in Ecuador for six months Um, and of course, unexpectedly. Uh, right. And so, you know, here we are, just started this fledgling SCR business, you know, four rentals, three kids, demanding W-2, wife stuck a world away. Right. <laughs> Going through this terrible mm-hmm. medical issue. uh. And we, I mean, again, this is, uh, everything should have, should have made us just stop and say, this is, you know, we need to focus right. on some things here, but I couldn't let it go. I mean, it was, it was, I committed to this and I was going to find a way. That's kind of always how, how I've been, you know, when something right. happens, you, you find a way, right? Yeah. Um. So we ended up, you know, flying her father, you know, in from Ecuador to here to help me with the kids. Um you know, this is during COVID as well. Right. So right. this is uh, the kids were doing school online. So we even en- ended up sending, eventually sending the two older kids up to New Hampshire. So not not too far from you. Yeah. Uh, yeah my, where my, my parents are uh, for a couple months to to help out as well. And then finally, uh, you know, we're able to get my wife back to the States and it was another three surgeries here, uh, back in the States, a uh, very, very long recovery process, uh, that, that, uh, everything went through, but through it all, um, you know, we persevered and, and we stuck with this, you know, we even bought more, more cabins during that period and, right. uh, you know, really pushed through with it. And so again, I just, I, the only reason I bring that up is, um, you know, like I prefaced it with is that things are going to happen, whether it's in your personal life or in the business life, you know, with your SDR business or whatever it is that are going to push you, you know, and push you back. And right. you're either going to let it take you down and keep you down, or you're going to, you know, get back up and, and keep going. Um, and if you have a strong enough why, then you'll find a way to, to make it happen. Um, right. So, yeah. So that's the only reason I want to, to bring that up. I think it's an important thing that people see. It's again, it's not all glitz and glamor and sunshine and rainbows. Like you can see, you know, all too often on, on social media, you know, there is certainly a a personal side and a, and a, a behind the scenes right. to everything that you may see. Right. Um, so with that, you know, we, we, I mentioned before I was active in these, these Facebook groups and, um, you know, one of the groups that I was in, uh, you know, Tony was a a part of as well. And so he was kind of seeing my success as I'd post, you know, Hey, we just closed on the first one. Hey, we closed on number two and three. Hey, we closed (laughs) up. So, so he had seen that and we had kind of chatted, uh, you know, a little bit through Facebook here and there. And, uh, and then, yeah, he had reached out and said, Hey man, let's, let's get you on the show. Like, you know, you're, you're, moving too fast here. We're going (laughs) to, we're going to get you on. (laughs) And, uh, cool. Yeah, which was awesome. And again, th- this is the first podcast I had ever done. So I was nervous as all heck. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. You know, go on bigger pockets as your first podcast. And uh <laughs> go big. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, but yeah, uh Tony and Ashley were, you know, super cool, super chill. Um, made it very, very easy and, and relaxing and uh and thankfully I think it turned out all right. But uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of how it how it came about. Um and uh you know uh it it's been it's been good you know that I had people reach out to me from that you know from subsequent right. podcasts that I've been on and all all that stuff as you know um, right yeah it was definitely a cool experience really appreciate uh you know for those guys for for inviting me on
0: yeah yeah i want to i want to like take a few steps back too for just a sec you know with some of the personal stuff you were going through i think um you know it's really funny just based on the conversation we were having before the show you know just like coincidental just some you know you have you have these things that sort of punch you in the face sometimes whether <laughs> they're personal or business related or whatever it is and and yeah sometimes you you're on the freeway and and you can really you know pump on the gas and then other times like you're hitting every red light right you know you're just on back roads hitting every red light um and i think like the important thing is like two things really the important thing is to you know if you want it bad enough just keep you know you got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and then at the same time it's also important to kind of just like look backwards and see how far you've come too like right. that that can help people a lot when you start to think about like tying things back to your why at some point if you're constantly only looking forward, there, there, the the book I'm like actually referencing right now is called uh, "The Gap in the Gain." It's a really good book, mm-hmm. and I really recommend people to read it. The guy that wrote it also wrote the book "Who Not How," mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. you know pretty popular book on learning how to delegate and outsource and kind of use yourself at your highest and best level. Right. He wrote "Gap in the Gain." And, you know, I always suggest to people, and I don't take my own suggestions enough sometimes, but, <laughs> you know, we all as humans have these goals that we're really kind of aiming for, right? And if you're always achieving your goals and your goals might not be aggressive enough. Right. Now, the challenge with that is if you're never achieving your goals, it's easy to feel a little bit deflated. right? And when that sort of deflated feeling comes, he sort of teaches you how to turn 180 degrees and see all that you've gained see how far you've come see all that you've gained rather than only looking at the gap of how (laughs) far you've missed something so it's just you know you probably without realizing it we're able to tap into that a little bit you know as you go through those like really challenging times i don't i don't like pause enough and turn back around and be like it's cool like a lot of cool stuff has (laughs) happened you know but uh right that's um, good. Well, good I'm, for I'm you. To, I'm gonna have to yeah. look that
1: up. Well, that sounds good,
0: Yeah, yeah. And for the listeners too, I'll just put a link of the the uh, gap in the gain uh, in in the show notes. Um, so you've done the bigger pockets podcast. It's you know summer <laughs> and end of summer, early fall of 2021. Here we are at the beginning of 2023. So some cool stuff has happened since then. So why don't we kind of continue? We'll kind of use that as the benchmark, sort of like the halftime. You know, we right. just ate some oranges in the middle of the soccer game. We're ready <laughs> to kind of like carry on. So how has your portfolio or your career grown since doing that podcast?
1: Yeah, so since then, we've added... Um, let's see we've added another three uh cabins so throughout 2022 yeah we purchased another yeah three cabins um that we we added on um and really it's just been uh focusing a lot on on the the systems um and getting yeah. things a lot more automated running more smoothly um And so, I mean, yeah, getting, getting the three properties is still, you know, a relatively, relatively aggressive goal, um, you know, in a year, but um, you know, we want to continue on uh, with purchasing and we're starting to get into the acquisition phase again right now. Um, But yeah, we, you know, it it wasn't as fast paced as that first year, which is just fine. Uh, And so it was kind of a little bit, again, of back, taking a step back and, you know, focusing a lot more on getting those systems and processes and procedures set up. So, you know, I will say the business is certainly running a lot more smoothly now uh, than it was that first year. Still, I've got plenty of areas to grow. You know, I I do still manage everything myself, which is uh, the next step of where things need to evolve and and getting myself out of, out of it, you know? Um, So that's, that's coming. That's one of the goals for, for this year.
0: Uh, yeah, is nice. to
1: start taking myself uh more and more out of the the day to day the hands on operations mm-hmm. um which you know we we had a a nice little test kind of really of of how automated and well set up things were is and i know we were talking about it before, but you know i just i just got back from a uh you know a three week trip through through europe with my uh my three year old Jesse and I, and uh you know we were going through time changes, sometimes daily, you know, different time zones, uh, you know, five to six hours ahead did not have connection, uh, for actually a lot of the time. I I went into it with thinking I was going to be connected hundred percent once we got there, uh, (laughs) and I saw how things were kind of running smoothly enough. Like, I honestly, I didn't even bother. Like I'd, i check my phone and what would be the morning and and evening there. Uh, and throughout the day, I, I didn't, I didn't check (laughs) I was nice. I was, I was disconnected. Uh, now I say that I had a backup in pro in place just in case, uh, you know, I had a, uh, one of my partners on, on one of the properties I had set him up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with access and my, my, uh, PMS and everything as a backup, just in case anything, but thankfully we didn't have any issues. Um, and it really, it really ran pretty, pretty well. Nice. Uh, so so yeah, relief. Was, yeah, exactly. So it was a nice, <laughs> it was a nice little test of things. Um, and, you know, to show that one of the things, which is a big reason that I had gotten into this STRs as well, one of the things that appealed to me was the fact that you can do it from anywhere, right. uh, which was a big motivation for me because I didn't want to be tied down to a location anymore. I wanted to have the freedom to, to travel again, to move, to, mm-hmm. I mean, to do all these things. So, um, you know, putting the, uh, the proof tests on those things is really, is really cool. Um, so yeah, that's what, uh, that's really what we focused on in, in 2022, um, you know, is scaling and, and building out the systems and, and processes. And, you know, from there we're, we're continuing on with that. You know, like I mentioned, we're getting into acquisition phase again, looking to acquire some more STRs. We're also branching out a little bit, um, and that we are, uh, starting to look into, you know, taking on co-hosting clients, uh, at this time, um, you know, we are, looking to uh or we are we will be uh launching our our own podcast here very shortly i just talked with um who's going to be my my co-host on it um that uh we're going to get that set up here very very shortly and um and of course we got hospitable hosts that's right Uh, so you know that that book launch is coming out here well this month it's march now yeah Yeah. a couple weeks yeah three weeks weeks, i guess three weeks that'll be launching. So uh, that'll be fun seeing everybody in Nashville uh, for that event. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just kind of, you know, 2023 is, is it's, it's a year that I I, I don't, I'll say I don't have any specific goals. And, th- and that's one of my personal challenges is I have a hard time setting goals really. Um, yeah. Frankly, I don't really care for setting, setting goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really have any set goals, but I'm more of an opportunist, you know, where, where I see the opportunities, I want to be prepared so that I can, I can take them when they come. So um, you know, I think the co-hosting is kind of the next evolution uh, and and a way to bring in some more, some more revenue streams. Um, You know, I'm excited for what type of opportunities will come from hospitable hopes, hospitable hosts in terms of new networking, you know, new partnership opportunities. I mean, who knows what, what may come out of that. So I'm excited for, for that. Uh, the same with the podcast and, um, you know, some other things that, uh, that I think will, will come about. So this year is going to be more of a, again, kind of a take a step back year, focus on some of the back end stuff that I've been putting off for a while. uh, Yeah. And then uh, again, just kind of see what opportunities come my way and, and be prepared for, for when they do. I love it. I love it. And it's great because you've,
0: uh. You know, you cleared up 40 hours of your week for opportunities to happen, (laughs) which is always
1: nice. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I didn't even mention that. So, yeah, I mean, (laughs) uh, whole retirement thing. I know, right? December, (laughs) December, uh, yeah, December 2022, I, I left the W 2. Um, you know, what I mentioned, it was a five year goal that I had set initially. Um, it turned into a, two-year goal, uh, roughly, which frankly, it could have been earlier. I mean, I had accomplished the revenue goals or cash flow goals that I had set um, for when I was able to leave my W-2 uh, well before that. Um, but, you know, we I, I still hung around uh, for a little while. Um, but yeah, so we left, uh, left that in December, right before, really right before Christmas of uh, 2022. So it's only been a few months, uh, but so far so good. And like you said, freed up time now. So to be able to to really focus on things a lot more and, and start really growing in the, this into a, a true
0: business. So awesome. That's yeah. awesome, man. You got so many cool things going on. And and yeah, it's tough. You know, when you're at a job like um, a W-2, it can just be really hard <clears throat> to have any time to just sort of take a step back and and just think. And then yeah. what I've found too, is even after I left my job, I found it really hard still to just take a step back and think. <laughs> I just started like doing everything, but right. um, no, man, I think it's really cool. I think you have just like some amazingly cool stuff going on. What's the, if you don't mind sharing uh, uh, your podcast, what's going to be the name of that that podcast? What's the focus on it?
1: Yeah, sure. So the, I think the official title uh, is going to be the fit investor uh, and we're going to focus on being fit not only financially but physically and faithfully. So mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be a podcast about more of a, a holistic look at life and investing. Um, you know, it won't be it won't be focusing specifically on short-term rentals or even real estate. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be just focusing on, again, investing, so different financial uh, uh, experts coming on talking about different types of assets, again, not just real estate. Um, people talking about how to maintain your physical fitness uh, throughout all this, because Mm -hmm. I'm a big, big, big believer in in physical fitness. Um, You know, for me, I go to the gym pretty much daily. Uh, That's a huge part of who I am. And and I've done that for decades now. Uh, And I believe being physically fit can solve so many, so many issues for you, uh, both mentally and physically. Um, and then faithfully as well. Uh, as you mentioned in my bio, I, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm very adamant about that. And mm-hmm. I believe that's a humongous uh, attribute and definitely contributor to, to where I've gotten uh, thus far. And so uh, I think it'll be nice having a, a podcast talking about kind of that holistic view of, of being, uh, you know, being fit in all those different areas. So I'm excited for yeah. that. Uh, I think we're going to have some great, uh, some really great guests and really great conversations, and uh, I think it'll be good for people to to be able to focus on the that more holistic approach.
0: Love it, yeah. love it, man. Well, uh, well, with that, I think I think we're going to start wrapping it up. Kale, how can um, ask you two questions first? How can people get in touch with you if they want to find you or connect with you?
1: Sure. Uh, on Facebook, uh, you can just look me up, Kale Delaney. Um, Instagram, also it's uh, you know at kale underscore Delaney. Uh, I will say my social media presence is not great, um, especially on Instagram. That is also actually that is a goal for twenty twenty three. Actually, that is an actual goal. For our we pulled extent- out a goal for. <laughs> I did. I did for building building my my brand and my social media. So uh, look. <laughs> follow me now and and you'll be happy you did because we're going to start putting out some really really great stuff um you know again my my brand is going to be more about uh the the realities of things you know i don't want it to be the the right. sugar sugar coated um thing that you see out there too much i want people to know that there there are real people and real challenges behind every success out there um and it yeah. takes real work so that's kind of the approach that I'm going to take is giving a more real life uh, view of, of what goes into this, this type of business and and doing these types of things. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I said, connect with me now, follow me now, and we'll start to be putting out some, some good content, but yeah, Facebook and Instagram, um, and, uh, mountain to sea cabins and cottages. That is the name of our, uh, our rental business. Um, and, uh, Yeah, those will be the the best ways to to find us.
0: Awesome. And last question before we wrap this up, um, any advice that you would like to leave our listeners with just based on your life and your experiences?
1: Yeah, I, I would say start now in terms of, again, even if it's just preparing yourself, building that foundation whether or not you think or you know you want to get into real estate or short term rentals or whatever it may be start now and preparing yourself um you know be fiscally prudent you know don't just try to keep up with the joneses um you know it's always been one of those things like i just for example i remember at my my w2 um you know every day i'd pull into the parking lot and you know just see i pretty much always had the worst car out of everybody you know and i made towards the most out of everybody Mm -hmm. um but you know the new guys would come in they just got their job and they go out and buy a brand new car and that's something i've never ever ever done um and uh you know i get everything used i you know i live again i live a very modest modest lifestyle um So just be be fiscally prudent and, you know, so that when you do have a clear vision on what you want to do or, you know, investing or whatever it's going to be, start a business that you have a basis and a foundation that you can make things happen versus all of a sudden trying to figure out how to make it happen. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's better than nothing. Right. But if you can set yourself up over time um, and just think long-term and, and I'll be honest, that's something I'm trying to focus on more now, because again, as fast paced as it's been these past couple years, um, it is very hard for me to come to terms with slowing down a little bit. Um, but I I think it's very, very important to have a long-term mindset on this is that, you know I am right. in this for the long game. And if I don't have $50 million in properties this year, that's okay you know, if it takes me 10 (laughs) years to get there, 20 years to get there, that is okay. And so that's something I need to come to grips with myself. And I think, again, the more you can work on those two things of your mindset uh, at an earlier stage in your life, you're going to, you're going to be tremendously successful no matter what you do. So that, that would be the advice that I would say. It's awesome. It's a good,
0: good mic drop moment right there. So (laughs) With that, everyone, I, uh, I'm your host, Dave Menapace. This was Kale Delaney and, um, all of the links to everything and, and Kale's info and how you can get in touch with him. All that will be in the show notes when we release this. It'll probably be just after Nashville. So a few weeks, somewhere, somewhere in that range, but, uh, But yeah, thank you so much for your time, dude. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited for everyone to listen to this, but also get to read uh, your chapter in the hospitable host. I think that's going to be really exciting for folks. And uh, thank you. Thank you for your time.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. This podcast
0: is brought to you by the Five Star Co host, an Airbnb management and consulting company that helps homeowners turn their properties into passive income streams through short term rentals. Do you want to turn your vacation house into a passive income stream? Then look no further. The Five Star Co host has served over a thousand guests in several Airbnb properties and in varying markets. The STR co host or the five star co host is at the vanguard of the short term rental industry by leveraging technology and systems to maximize the guest experience while achieving high revenue for owners get a free home analysis by emailing the five star co-host at gmail.com that's the five star co at gmail.com t-h-e-f-i-v-e-s-t-a-r-c-o-h-o-s-t at gmail.com